For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker. We are so happy to have you today recapping the Titans 34-31 win over the Colts in overtime, third overtime game of the year for the Titans, and this game had everything. It did not disappoint, and Denard and I are not going to disappoint you while we break this thing down. So much to get into. We're going to be all over the place. You can already tell I'm amped, but hey, we're going to dive right in. But before we get into all of that, I want to ask, do you believe? And Believe in Titans is presented by Bet Online. D, before I even do this live read, I'm going to be honest. The Titans, we opened as a favorite for this game against the Colts. And then once I saw a few key pieces were out and the Titans were an underdog, I went to Bet Online and put in some money on the Tennessee Titans money line because for some reason, this team, we win whenever we're the underdog. Mike Vrabel now moves to 4 0 as the underdog on the season. But hey, Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B L E A V 5 0 to receive the bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. D, as I bring you in here, man, first thing I want to know, tell me how you're doing, because I was hoping, I was like, man, I hope Denard didn't have a heart attack after that game. That was, There was so much back and forth, but are, are you healthy, sir? I'm healthy. I had a, a slight heart attack. My heart kind of was beating a little faster for a second, but it slowed down when my man Randy Bullock kicked the game-winning field goal, so I'm back to normal, Debo. Okay. Yeah, Fat Randy really had us going, and now now I guess he's earned the moniker of Skinny Randy after knocking that one through, so shouts out Randy Bullock. But D, the first thing I want to know here is, what was the play of the game for you today? Because I, I for me, I mean, it was a pivotal play, and I'm interested to see what your thoughts were on this matter. Well, there's so many. I mean, because there was so much, there was a lot of adversity this game, and what the Titans were able to do was to respond to adversity. But the key for me today was about four minutes and 32 seconds left in the second quarter. And the Titans are down 14 to seven. Now you started to see a shift because we were down 14 to zero. And then of course 
before this uh, this offense, a series that I'm going to talk about, the series before we got seven points and a great pass uh, from Ryan to big Jeff Swain. But what I love with four minutes and 32 seconds left in the left in the second quarter, excuse me, Debo, was the play where Taekwon Lewis, the fourth year pro out of Ohio State. Now we're on offense at this point, and they get a huge sack on second down on Ryan. I mean, it was a great play by the Indy uh, defensive line who played great. DeForest Buckner, uh, big man out of Oregon, played great today. But you talk about the third down and 11, Debo, and we saw what happened where Taekwon Lewis drops in coverage and he picks off Ryan and he runs it back and he's in Titans territory. Now, the problem with that play, what was good for us and bad for them is Taekwon wasn't touched. So he's still alive. The play is, you know, the ball is still in play. That's the difference between college and pro. College, you rule down. Pro, it's still going. Unfortunately, yeah, no contact. So no one touched him. So what happened when you look at that play, he fumbles. So when he fumbles, I mean, he was down there wrestling for the ball. Makes a great play to get that ball back. Because if they don't, the Titans were down 14-7 at this point. And Indy's in the Titans territory. So they could go up either score and get seven and put a 21-7 before half or get a field goal at 17-7. Instead, the Titans get the ball back, which was I know that was a demoralizing play for Indy, but guess what on the, what happens the next play? We saw Ron hit AJ beat for 57-yard scamper beating Xavier Rhodes and it ends up putting Titans back in the game. It was 14-14 at this point. So that was huge yeah, right there. I I'm going to piggyback right off of you. That was the play of game for me as well. I tweeted about it when it happened, but it's like sometimes it's just better to be lucky than good because obviously, yes. Ryan, like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that happen. Like, I feel bad for Lewis because I'm pretty sure he tore his ACL, but the dude gets a great play and then just is running back and the knee just gives out. And I, they credited Ferkser with actually getting in there and recovering that one. But obviously, with the possession change, Titans get a new set of downs because they weren't going to get the first down anyway based off that pass, even if Ryan completes it, I think, to where he was going. But what was huge about that D was, why did it take the Titans so long to finally get A.J. Brown involved? Because that next play, as you just mentioned, where we scored that 57-yard touchdown, that was his first target of the game. And as we know, and we look at the rest of the game, Derek wasn't able to get a whole lot going, but the Titans, to, or the Ryan Tannehill to A.J. Brown connection was what kept this team alive. A.J. on 11 targets, 10 receptions, 155 yards, one touchdown, and that long of 57, as we mentioned. And since his time in the NFL, A.J. is second in the league with 50-plus-yard plays that go for a touchdown. The only guy who is in front of him uh, happens to be his teammate, Derrick Henry. So big play explosiveness whenever you're looking at this Titans team and what we've been able to do. But, yeah, that that gets us back into the game because, I mean, we start down 14 nothing, can't get anything going. Ryan struggling to get a rhythm. The Colts D is doing a great job of containing Derrick Henry, not letting him get anything that's it's of merit, really, when you look at it. And, I mean, at the end of the day, Derrick's long was only nine yards. So they did a good job of bundling him up. He ended up having 28 carries. Again, that's kind of where we're, we're seeing him for the year uh, each game, and then but only 68 yards, so 2.4 yards a carry. And I know he keeps the defense honest, but this was a game we weren't going to win on the ground. Like, you had to have that passing attack be clicking, and fortunately— we were able to do that, especially the second half for Ryan and AJ. But D, when you go back and you look at, I guess the, the next thing I kind of want to talk about is, I thought the Titans defense played really good in spurts, and then like there were some plays, just a lot of boneheaded decisions. The penalties were killer time and time again. 
what I'm going to ask this because I've had several people reach out to me. It's like, other than just getting your head around Denard and someone who's played defensive back in the league, what, what are you telling the secondary whenever we've constantly been getting beat and these guys are getting pass interference calls off short throws? I mean, there was at least three of them this game. I felt like, I know late, we can get into that before going into overtime, but what would you, how would you try to coach around this? Well, first of all, there's 162 penalty yards, and that's the most by any NFL team this season. So, listen, you know, for the secondary, a lot of this was, ba- it's like self-inflicted, and it's just basically turning your head. They they didn't really get behind the secondary, well, the one on Kevin Bard when he tackled him uh, in the fourth, yes, that that was <laughs> clearly a pass interference. But when I go back to the play of a money hooker, he's actually in great position. The only thing he has to do really is to relocate. He has to relocate both the receiver and the ball. And the way that you do that is you have to turn around. The, I always remember, and I tell defensive backs this, when you relocate the player, the first thing you want to do, if, you, if you're right there in position, just turn your head. And a lot of times, if you're both battling the ball, the referees won't call that. They won't call pass interference. But if you're just looking at the receiver and you you got him guarded, again, face guarding is allowed in college, but unfortunately in pros, they will call that. It's little ticky-tacky things that they can clean that up. You're talking about the play with Chris Jackson. Again, excuse me. Yeah, I you're pointing that out now as I was, I was motioning my hand because that play with Chris Jackson, if we're referring to the same one, if he turns his head around, he's picking that ball off. It hits him in the hand. He's just not looking. It hits him right in the hand, and he's not looking back at the ball. Well, that's something that, again, that, that's for your secondary coach to do. He's That's his job is to point that out. But those are like self-inflicted plays that this team can correct. They haven't been doing that all season, and so to see them do it today – uh, it was very uncanny of this team. And really what that is, is that a lot of times defensive backs start to panic. You cannot panic in this league. What you do is to always remember the more distance that you have between you and the receiver, that's not good. But when you have that distance and you can touch the guy, then you turn your head. And that's all Chris Jackson had to do. So again, those are things that you can correct. It was self-inflicted. But again, they have to clean that up. And when they do, it eliminates some of these penalties because that's really what kept the Colts in the game was a lot of these penalties that were self-inflicted by the Titans. Denard, you always talk about we look at the game and where it starts when you put these two teams and you stack them up against one another in the trenches. In the trenches. I thought Tennessee, even though we won, I, I thought we were outmanned in the trenches today. Would you agree with that statement? No. I thought it was evenly matched. It was evenly matched play. Let me tell you something this, Debo. Without the play of the guys in the trenches, you don't win this game. You go back to a minute 33 uh, left in the fourth quarter, and you're talking about two guys that we've been talking about that was MIA for, well, at least one in Bud Dupree. But Mr. Danico Autry, I love what you said about him. He might, he's coming along as being one of the best interior linemen in the league today. Go back to a minute 33 left in the fourth quarter. And when Carson was trying to throw the screen, and look what happened the big man, Bud Dupree. They put the pressure on it. Well, we talk about pressure. Again, pressure. Pressure is the key for your defensive line. And you don't necessarily have to always get a sack. But we saw what happened when Carson just threw the ball. It was tipped up in the air. And then the rookie, Elijah Moulton, got it, went in for six, put Tennessee up 31-24. Those are pivotal 
pivotal points in the game. Those are plays that you have to make. If they don't make that play, it can be a, a different situation. And I love this because Carson hasn't thrown a pick in five weeks, Debo. He's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks in the league over the last five weeks. And another thing that I love about this play, it was the first time in 38 games that a Titans has had, they've had a pick six. I mean, that was beautiful. And again, the rookie, Elijah Moten. So if I'm Elijah Moten, I'm giving the game ball to, I'm giving that ball to Bud Dupree and Danico Autry because they made that play. Denard, talking about that, I, I think the last time we had a pick six, how many games did you just say? 38 games. It's been 38 games since the Titans maybe, had a pick six. Maybe regular season because what that play reminded me so much of was whenever the Titans knocked off the Patriots in Foxborough in the 2019 playoffs. And that game, that pick six stat, I think, does hold true for regular season. But, I mean, Logan Ryan, that's what I've been saying I've wanted to see from Elijah Moulton. And I'm going to toot my horn a little bit because, you know me, D, I was like, I really like this pick when we got him. I think this guy can be good. I know from an athleticism standpoint, he's not exactly what a lot of people were hoping the Titans would get at the cornerback position. But I was like, this guy has the the instincts I'm looking for. They're going to play him in the nickel, kind of covering that slot. And they, they played him today like they did with Logan Ryan a couple of years back. And that play where Ryan ended the Tom Brady era in New England, that's kind of what I saw here. Now, unfortunately for the Titans, there was still time left on the clock. If you really want to get crazy with it, you should have thought maybe he should have just hoped that we had a safety and therefore they had to punt the ball back to us and we could possibly run out the clock. But that's obviously that's not what I would do if I was Elijah in that situation. And you're hoping your defense can get a stand there because you come back, the Colts were able. I, I thought we had won at that point. I thought the Titans, they were playing with that edge. They were going to be able to make sure that the Colts aren't going to be able to go all the way down the field with like a minute to go, and unfortunately they did. Basically two plays, you had the bomb to Michael Pittman Jr. on third and 16. That guy's looking like a real stud. Just go up, get it kind of guy. He had two touchdowns first quarter, and then the pass interference where Kevin unfortunately didn't get his head around, but fortunately for Kevin, he made up for that in overtime, getting that pick on Carson Wentz. But yeah, it was just, it was really weird to just see the ebbs and flows of this game, but as you say all the time, D, the other team, they get paid too, and for, fortunately the Titans were able to make it matter when it mattered most talking about special teams because I know you love this D but for that pick six you were talking about that was courtesy of a great punt by Brett Kern yes got him down there and so Kern he's he's been looking great and obviously our boy Randy Bullock did not miss so anytime that can happen I I will take it so I thought the Titans did a pretty good job in the special teams area of the game all day looking at the Titans now you're able to move in 6-2 and two on the year. The Colts fall to 3-5. and five. Today, we're recording this. It is October the 31st. I know something crazy can happen, but you essentially have a four-game lead on the second-place team in your division. This game had so much. It's three games, but Titans own the tiebreaker now that they've swept the Colts. So for that situation, I'm looking at it as if it's four. Going back before the season started, I mean, this this was huge. And I know for the league, it's probably... I don't know if they want the division being decided so soon, but for the Titans, you got to show up each and every week. We talk about it all the time. The Titans, you can't take your foot off the gas because we saw what happened when we played the Jets. Speaking of which, they ended up beating the Cincinnati Bengals today, and therefore, oh, the, not the Jets. Yes, they came out of nowhere. With that being said, the Titans now are first in the AFC 
Uh, granted, there's a long way to go, but if the playoffs were to start today, Titans would have a first-round bye. That just shows you how much so, this, wait, wait, this game You is. said the Jets bit the hottest team that many people consider right now in the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals. Wait, the Jets, right? So there was this guy, uh, Debo, that said that um, – you know, anything can happen on a Sunday. There's no disparity in the National Football League. And you, hey. you, you're telling me that the Jets beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Are you serious? I'm not only telling you the Jets beat them. I'm telling you a guy by the name of Mike White came in and threw for over 400 yards. Last time that happened for a Jets quarterback was Vinny Testaverde in the year 2000. <gasps> Which means that any time a team can actually take the field, and I hear the sarcasm in your voice, but yes, you, you are correct. And, and that's why we love the NFL, D. There's so much parity. Anything can happen, but, it, but it's fun, man. Debo, Especially when we win. I'm not going to let you off so easy right now. Because what did I do this time? You, you were very, I mean, a little small portion of the special teams. I'm, I'm really upset right now because we talked about this can be a, a pivotal uh, point in the game, and that's how well uh, the different kickers, Rigoberto Sanchez for the Colts, and Brent Kearns, our pro bowler, who is probably one of the best in the business. But let's not forget Randy Bullock, the key 46-yarder in the fourth that taught the game up 24-24, and that beautiful game-winning 44-yarder in overtime. So again, let's give credit to the kicking game, Randy Bullock, because last year around this time, you were giving me headaches talking about one of my favorite players of all time, Steven Dostowski. And now we need to give a lot of love and praise to Mr. Randy Bullock, Davey, because he is playing lights out this season. Very much so, yeah. He's he's had one mishap, and it was during the Jets game, but he's rebounded from that, and that's what you want to see. If, I mean, people are going to make mistakes, but how do they come back and perform after they make that mistake? So far, he's playing like he's the kicker for this team moving forward. And I'm I'm happy to see it. D, if you take a step back and you look at the Titans, obviously we've been kind of banged up. A couple of guys went down. They were able to come back. But it's it's one of those things to where I do look at this defense. We didn't even talk about this going in, but Rashawn Evans didn't play. So you had to have the rookie Monty Rice step in. David Long Jr. once again led your team in tackles. But I'm just thinking if this team could just start to get some of these key guys back, that I mean, like we're only touching the surface because he had two receptions. One was for a touchdown, and he had some key blocks. But you had Nick Westbrook-Akine playing your wide receiver yes. number two today. Now, he came through, and this team, they trust him to do almost anything. But I will say, even if Derek can't get it going, this team can just hit an extra dimension when A.J. Brown is healthy. And I, I, I got to give the tight ends credit today. I thought they did well. You thought early on they were just going to try to hit them more and more as, as you looked at the game because on that first drive, it was just – or first couple of drives, it was just tight end to tight end to tight end to tight end for Ryan. But – Right now, if the Titans can get healthy, the way the AFC is shaping up, where you're at now, and we'll talk about it this week because now, Denard, the Titans are going into Inglewood where they hope to eventually oh, end at the end of the year. Going back to Cal, huh? Yeah, they hope, yeah. To end, they hope to end the year there, but they're going back to face the Rams on Sunday night football, and both these two teams are playing at an elite level. Rams didn't have a test today playing the Texans, but they're at 7-1, and one, Titans 6-2. and two. So it is going to be a heck of a matchup. Titans, I'm actually hoping we're the underdog in this one, Denard, because as I've said, when the Titans are the underdog, they seem to just play at a different level. Going back to the offense, what what do you think the Titans need to do if they can't get that running game going? Do what they did today. Use Utilize your tight ends. We saw that. I mean, we saw Jeff Swain today with the first TD to start it off. 
You're talking about Anthony Ferkser, who's been kind of missing this year, but he had a pretty productive game as well. Michael Pruitt, of course, Mr. Mr. Consistency. But then it's the perimeter game that stepped up. We talked about AJ, 11 targets, 10 catches for 154 yards. Debo, go back to the Seattle game. We didn't have AJ. Uh, he was banged up, but we had we had Julio, and we saw Julio had a big game over 100 receiving 100 yards receiving that game. You, you saw him and Ron develop that continuity, that chemistry. That's what you like. It's not going to be there every week, the running game, because what teams are doing is they're going to stack the box. And we saw this today. Indy, they came out and put eight men in the box and say, listen, if you're going to beat us, you got to do it with number 11, or you're going to do it with number 15, Westbrook, Akine, or Chester Rogers. And AJ exploited the secondary today. I don't know what in the world Indy was thinking, trying to play man-to-man against arguably one of the best receivers in the game. He went off for 154 yards. Isaiah Rodgers, Xavier Rhodes is not playing like he used to play at Minnesota when he was a Pro Bowl corner. Rockyon Sin, I mean, A.J. had his way. That's what it's going to take. But what's going to happen going, uh, especially next week when you go into L.A., they're going to say, listen, we're not going to let 22 beat us, and we're not going to allow 11 because we have a cornerback by the name of Jalen Ramsey that for the most part, he ends up matching up against the team's best receiver, and he typically shuts down the team's best receiver. So again, you're going to need more production out of Nick, Nick Westbrook, Akene, Chester Rogers, and of course, we need Josh Reynolds. You know, and we probably need a. We don't know Julio's situation, so it's going to be other players that's going to have to step up from here on out, like you've been seeing um, this year, uh, other than Derek. Uh, other than AJ, you need more production, and if you get more production out of out of other players rather than you know Derek Henry or AJ, then that's going to make it better uh, for this team because they're going to go down to LA next week, and that's going to be a tough ball game. We talk about just some of the pieces that the Titans are lacking. You do look at during the game, Dane Crookshank and Nate Davis both had to step out, and they are being evaluated for concussions. So that's something you hope you're able to get them back because. Rookie Dylan Redunds had to step in there for a bit whenever the offensive line had to make some changes. But it's it's one of those things to where it's great that while you want to have everyone healthy, as long as you can continue to win while you're a step behind as far as like how many pieces you have available, it's just great to see. And it's one of those things to where I look at it with Julio. Obviously, you want him to get back, but it's, it's not a thing to where now I'm rushing him because it looks like you're going to have to make a, a play to – to really try to force your way into the playoffs. You're in the driver's seat. And I always say I'm, I get kind of nervous when the Titans are the front runner because that seems to be whenever they, they kind of like take their foot off the gas and, and something happens. But right now, if you can start to get these pieces together, this offense, as Todd Downing and Ryan get a better rapport with one another, I think it's only going to improve. I don't know what it is, but Ryan, he's still been making some boneheaded decisions this year that have cost the team as far as interceptions. Today, it ultimately didn't hurt you in the end but he needs to clean that up a little bit but all in all I I do think he's starting to find his rhythm and as I said like because I mean you look at when he had his interceptions neither time he had targeted A.J. Brown in the game and it's not like I'm seeing a lot of plays where he targets A.J. Brown and the ball ends up in the other team's hands keep giving your studs the ball this team's going to be fine things are setting up nicely we talked about before the year Denard if you could split this four-game stretch go two and two That'd be fantastic. Right now you're at 3-0, and and you got the big one coming up next week. So 
I, I can't ask for more. I'm not going to get greedy and say, like, obviously, yes, I want them to beat the Rams, but I understand that's a task in and of itself. And right now, they have played at a great level, having a fault here or there. And really, you know, looking back on it, it hurt in the moment. But I think getting punched in the mouth by the Arizona Cardinals was the wake-up call that this team needed. Yeah, well, that was the first game of the season. So, you know, I can't say that that first game, I think it was the game against New York because I, I think many of the fans, as well as a lot of the experts in the business, truly believe that was a letdown game. And sometimes you, you hear that, you know, in a locker room. But I, I truly believe for this team, it, it had nothing to do with the losses. It was the, the game against Buffalo, to me, was a statement game. You typically have um, one game that really will sometimes determine the trajectory uh, of your season. I, I, I hate to admit that, but coaches will tell you all the time, there's a defining game. You'll hear teams say all the time, this is a statement game. And what a statement, and I, and I alluded to on our last podcast, it's not a statement to the other 31 teams. It's a statement to your football team. Like This is, this is who we are. This is what we are about. This is our DNA. And when we play the way that we're capable of playing, we can beat anybody uh, in this league. But if we play uh, foolishness, like we played against Arizona, giving up, what, five or six sacks, or we play like we played against New York, this is what gets us beat. So what you do is you take like a mental, we, we, we call it mental imaging in the NFL. You take an image of how you played poorly, and you take a mental image of how you played good. And what you do is you say, uh-uh, this is what we can't do. So again, when we talk about the penalties, they know they have to eliminate that if they're going to have a chance against the Rams because this is a good football team, much like Buffalo. We saw the game against Buffalo. They didn't have a lot of penalties. Matter of fact, you said it best. I don't think they had not zilch. So if you don't have any penalties in a football game, of course, that's going to give you a chance to win. But when it's equal, when you talk about there's parity between those two teams, that can be the difference between a W and an L. So again, this team right now, they're on the cups of something great because they're believing in each other. And it was that game against Buffalo that they had a, it was a statement game, much like the game when Cincinnati, I mean, excuse me, Cleveland came in here last year. We talked about Cleveland when they came into Nashville, they didn't beat not one team in the league with a winning record. So they got tired of listening to that. They got tired of hearing that. So what did they do? They came into Nashville and they beat Tennessee down. And then we saw what that team was able to do over the course of the season. Much like, much like Cleveland, same thing with Tennessee. They basically believe, you know, Davey, 90% of this game is mental. It's not physical. It's not physical. It's mental. Because you know what? If you just believe and, and you go out there and execute, Davey, anything is possible on any given Sunday. Denard, I think one of the things you're talking about this team and just believing, I really do think they're taking on the persona of their head coach. I haven't looked into the analytics for today's game whenever it comes to decisions on going for it, not going for it. The Titans were two of two on fourth down. And it's one of those things to where I think Vrabel's, like he's having a really, really good season. I think it's kind of going under the radar compared to some of these other teams that have been like, oh, wow, they kind of came out of nowhere. But Coach Vrabel, as we've known, not had a losing record as a, as a Tennessee Titans head coach. He has got us into the playoff on multiple occasions, and right now that looks to be the case as we head into this postseason. But I look at his game. I thought he had a, a great game 
throwing the challenge flag when he needs to. I don't know why that ref called that one incomplete on AJ. That was a really weird decision. I mean, like as soon as he, he did it, I was like, he caught that. But I understand, like they're they're going to make mistakes too, and even when they do, you got to be able to overcome it. Titans two of two on fourth down. The Colts two of three. Uh, third down efficiency. Titans eight of seventeen, and the Colts seven of sixteen. But the the thing that killed the Titans at times. And we talked about it with the penalties earlier on, but the Colts were able to pick up five first downs on penalties alone. So, yeah, you really kind of put yourself in a bind in a couple of those. The hit on by Jeffrey Simmons on Michael Pittman, I don't like that, but they're like, oh, we got to call it. It's the NFL now. We can't afford people getting hurt. It's like, dude's still trying to go forward. The whistle hadn't blown. If you, if you don't want him to get hit, blow the whistle. Uh, that, that's on you, not, not a player trying to make a play. Able to take it, get the win and get ready for next Sunday night. That should be a fun one. I'm really looking forward to another primetime game. First one that did not disappoint, playing the Bills. And, D, before we get out of here, any closing thoughts on this game, this team in general? We're, what, well, I would say we're halfway, but now that we have the 17-game regular season schedule, we kind of technically have one more week to go before we get over that hump. Listen, I'll say this. Congratulations. Uh, when you can win a game in this league, you should be congratulated because it's tough. I want to say one thing they uh, showed me was uh, I talked to Greg Leonard on ESPN Chattanooga going into the Kansas City game. And I said, Greg, you know, I, I see like a like a cycle. Unfortunately, they'll lose and then they'll win two and then they'll come back. They'll win a few games and then it's like, OK, they'll, you know, here come a letdown. But this team, you know, so far they've answered the challenge. They've won four straight games. The momentum is on their side, and they won a very ugly game today against a team that was really hot coming in with a two-game winning streak. So, again, uh, just congratulations to Coach Brabel. Once again, a masterful job getting your team up and ready to play. Uh, this was a tough divisional game because, Davey, this game counts for what? Counts as two, man. Counts as two. So, again, you got to take it. But just a gutsy performance. And, again, I love the fact that you had a lot of young guys. Nick Westbrook, Akine stepped up and played big. And Elijah Moden continues to get get better each week. The game is slowing down. And uh, I just, and, and last but not least, Mr. Greg Maven. Davey, number 30 today. I know they picked on him. Uh, we haven't talked much about him. I know the fifth-year player out of Iowa, he played pretty good today for a young pup. So, again, congratulations to some young secondary players. Chris Jackson stepping up and playing uh, some uh, big-time football today. Yeah, I'm really liking how this defense is rounding into form, and as long as they can continue to get some of their key guys back, I mean, we're playing without our best cornerback. So you start to get some of those guys healthy, and this team, I think, is only starting to scratch the surface. But looking at the division just one last time, Titans 6-2, and two, the Colts 3-5, and five, Titans own the tiebreaker over them, followed by the Jaguars at 1-6, and six, another pathetic performance by them today, and then the Houston Texans at 1-7. and seven. That game was a lot closer than the scoreboard indicated at the end. So, AFC South looks as though the Titans are in the driver's seat, and hopefully, in, not just hopefully, they should end up being the AFC South champ two years running, but we will look more at what the Titans have to come as they get set to take on the Los Angeles Rams this coming Sunday night, primetime NBC. It'll be a fun one. Both these teams playing at a great level. Should be fun for the nation to get a look at the Titans like we've been seeing because there's those games, man, if I got to give them credit, they're at least entertaining. And fortunately, we've come out on the right side of the last third or last four, really. And I hope that trend continues. But Denard, as always, sir, thank you for joining me. 
as we recap the Titans getting another victory, one that had us on the edge of our seats for majority of the game. Great comeback after getting down early and then just staying with it even when the breaks weren't going their way. But that is going to do it for us today. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans, presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.